yesterday the Levering family had a, a really cool experience, something that we've never done before. We went to the Eagle Valley Raptor Center uh, over on out in Cheney. I don't know if any of you have ever been there before. For us, it was the first time. And really an amazing first-hand, up-close experience for a family to do. Very educational, learned a lot. Um, and if you, they have all of these uh, birds and raptors, and they, they bring them out, and they explain what they are and how they work in the wild and how they came to get them. And, I mean, just uh, seeing hawks and owls, and uh, they have a bald eagle. And I was thinking about all of those birds, especially the eagle, very, very majestic. But they all started, they all started with an obstacle, something that they, you know, they had the, that little egg that they had to make their way out of and push through. And that process is so important to their development as a young uh, chick, uh, to, to push through and to, to make its way through the obstacle. If you do it for them, uh, they won't survive. Caterpillar, same way. When it goes through the metamorphosis of changing to a butterfly, it has to go and it wraps itself very tightly, but it has to break out in order to break free. Now, in, in compassion, if you see a, a caterpillar that I know the, the Griffiths are all into caterpillars and butterflies these days, and um, but if, if you have compassion, you say, well, I'm just going to set that little thing free and you cut it open, It'll die right there. It'll never fly. Because in the process of breaking through, it forms the, the pushes the fluid out to the wings so that, and it will enable it to fly. It's built into every area of creation that obstacles and challenges are there by design. They're there for a purpose. They're there for a reason. If you're here this morning or if you're watching online and you are going through a, a pretty big trial. Maybe, maybe you've lost a job, or maybe you're, you're going through family hardship. Maybe you're having health problems. I want you to remember this morning's story. Because there is a purpose in our problems. There's opportunity in our obstacles. And sometimes God has you right where you are so that he can bring you right where he needs you to be. We don't look at it that way oftentimes when we are going through obstacles and trials and difficulties. We, we want relief. We ask God, take it away. We, we, we pray. We even ask God, take, remove this trial from me. Take this from me. That's okay. I'm not admonishing, chastising you for that. But just Stop and think the next time you're going through something, or if you're going through something right now, that there might be a greater purpose behind your pain, that there might be a greater opportunity within the obstacle. And your response to that obstacle, to that problem, that difficulty, is paramount. Our attitude towards it must be, well... Let's go to the story, shall we? I want to, the story, the story this morning is of five guys who had a problem. And the story is found in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. If you're following along here, following along at home, uh, be it iPad, iPhone, 
I hear rumor there's a few Android users out there. That's okay. Clear the viruses off your phone and and turn to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, 1 through 12, is the story of a man with a problem. And because of his problem, it led to four other guys having a problem. So what we really have is five guys with two problems. Mark chapter 2, 1 through 12. And many were gathered, I'm going to start in verse 1, when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. I love this. I love, first of all, that the idea of Jesus preaching the word and Jesus preaching the very word that he inspired always kind of just gives me goosebumps to think about. Yeah, I remember when that was inspired. And as he preached the word, he preached it apparently in such a way that it brought the crowds. And the crowds filled the house and they filled outside the house. It's every preacher's dream to have a full room and a full crowd. Now, most preachers do that for vanity, just quite honestly. Jesus didn't do that for vanity. He did that because he had a purpose behind it. There was this this good problem was that there was no more room, not even at the door. You couldn't even peek inside. Maybe you could just stand outside and hear Jesus. Maybe you could just faintly catch his voice. But don't you know that the bigger the crowd got, the farther back you had to go until you could you barely hear. You, of course, the crowd, the, the people make noise when they're gathered together. And so the, 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 more, the more people were there, the, the louder they got outside. It was harder to hear Jesus. And Don't you know that, that as these five guys made their way, they really did. They had a, a problem. Verse 3. And they came to him, bringing... A paralytic, to him a paralytic, carried by four men. Now, a paralytic in our day is a problem, but not as much of a problem. Uh, The gentleman who I believe owns and runs the Raptor Center that we went to yesterday, very nice guy, very intelligent, very patient and kind, but he has a spinal injury that he he, uh, suffered two years ago. He's in a wheelchair. And, and as he took us around, he was, you know, in the wheelchair and making space. The, the space in front of the cages of the birds was there so that he could get through, right? They, they had designed that place in such a way that it wasn't as big of a problem. We have things like the ADA and uh, we have... Uh, handicap parking, and we have things like that to make people who have paralysis have an easier time of things. Back in the first century, this was not the case. Not only was that world much harder for you, but but you couldn't even work. Everything, most people that were paralyzed depended on alms and giving from the charity of other people to survive. Now, how this man survived, we don't know. But certainly, what was happening in these that these men had to take him around, that was not uncommon. Anytime he would want to move, he didn't just have a chair that he could move around himself. 
He didn't have a way to get himself around. He had to depend upon not only the charity, but the people who had the muscle and the, the, the time to be able to take him around. That was a major problem. The good news is that these four guys knew the answer to this man's problem. They had heard, don't you know? They had heard rumors of a man from Galilee. They had heard that the carpenter's son was doing things they had never seen. They had never seen anything like this before. So they thought, if we can just get our friend to Jesus, then everything will be okay. The problem was, a lot of people had the same idea. So I want you to imagine, this was not the mat that they used, okay? But I want you to imagine this moment where these four friends decide they're going to take their friend to Jesus. Now, that was a lot of work. I mean, if you've ever carried someone, certainly if you've carried someone with only four people, there's a lot of stress and strain and lifting and stopping. And okay, This guy has a problem. But the only way to remedy this problem is for him to get to where Jesus is. So they say, yes, that's the answer. That's clearly the solution. They, they launch this idea and they say, we're going to take our friend to Jesus. Back up to problem one. They couldn't get to him. And so can you imagine now this whole crowd outside the house and, and they just have to, they, they, they crest over the hill and they see the crowd and you can just hear in your mind's ear the disappointment. <sighs> We've come this far. We, this is a great, great opportunity. We, we had the, the, the problem, but we had the guy with the solution. But we got a, a bigger problem, and that is we can't get to him. We can't get to the solution. The great physician was completely booked. Lots of people wanted to see Jesus that day. Lots of people wanted to hear Jesus that day. And, and this is the moment that I want you to bring to. I, I didn't put a guy in this map for a reason. I, I just want this to represent an obstacle in your life. Because when you face an obstacle, you have the same choice that these four guys had. The same four choices exist to them that exist to you and I and to me. When we face a problem, an obstacle, a challenge of any type, we've got four basic responses. It just so happened to work out that there's four guys trying to bring their friend to Jesus. Now, there's four possible obstacles as I look at it when you think about a problem an obstacle, a challenge, one of four ways that you can respond. The first is that you can deny. You can deny that the problem exists at all. Now, for these four guys, it, it would have just been simply a matter of when they saw him lying on the mat, say, well, that's tough. 
but I can't do anything about that. I'm not going to do anything about that. I'm just going to deny that it really is a problem. Okay? Now, this morning I, I need um, some teenagers to help me with this. So, Aaron Shady, if you'll come on up here. And Aaron, if you'll stand right here. I need to stand socially distanced from you, okay? All right. So Aaron represents the denier, okay? He is the person that sees the problem but doesn't want to deal with the problem. And so what what the denier does in the face of a problem is he shuts his eyes. So go ahead and shut your eyes real tight. Can you guys see? This is what a denier does when he faces a problem, okay? He's got, got this problem, it's clear, it's right there, but Aaron's not even going to look over there. He just got to close his eyes to the problem to make it go away. And some people deal with problems and obstacles and challenge, right? Denial ain't just a river in Egypt, right? Okay? It, it is an attitude. It's a way of responding, and some people do that, okay? They, they just bury their head in the sand. They say, well, uh, I don't accept that it's a problem, and as long as I don't accept it's a problem, I can just ignore it, and it'll all go away. All right, that's one possible response. The second possible response is what I call the reverse reversal. Okay, This is someone who will not be so obtuse to close their eyes toward the problem. However... The problem gets in the way of the way they want to do things. Okay? And so the reverser, and uh, let's see here. Uh, I think this was Brennan. Come on up. So the reverser, what he wants to do, instead of closing his eyes, because that's not real practical, and he does acknowledge that it's a problem, but... His instinct, his, his nature says, this will be solved if I just go back to the way things were before the problem. All right? So, Brennan, if you'll represent that by just turning around. Okay? Now, the reversers use language like, well, what we used to do was, you know... That's not the way we've always done it before. Reversers are always going backwards because in their mind, the, the, the good old days were really the best old days. Okay? So for, for this story, this would be one of the very tempting options, right? If you're imagining these four guys carrying their friend, and they get over and they see the crowd... And they set him down, and they have this conversation. What are we going to do? Still have the same problem. Can't get to that solution. Our plan's not going to work. So the temptation is, you know what? Sorry, Bob. Pick him up and just go back home, right? They go in reverse. That was an option available to them that day. If we, you know what? We tried. We did, it. We, we, we did our best but we couldn't do it, and it's kind of preemptive giving up. You know, if I could just go back to the way things were, then it would be so much better. And that's fine as long as, as long as the problem isn't really a problem. 
All right, so option number two is the reverser. All right, option number three is the resigner. Luke, if you'll come up here for me. Really challenging to stay socially distanced at this level. So Luke represents the option of just giving up. I give up. I'm tired of it. I don't like doing it. I wish it wasn't a problem. I don't have the solution. I give up. Any of you been there? Any of you ever, ever been to a point of resignation? I give up. Right? These are people who just... I was, you know what? I'm just mentally and physically exhausted. Okay? I give up hope of ever finding a solution. Okay? So, Titus, if... Titus, I'm sorry. Luke, will you please do the sign of giving up? Just give up. All right, some people are like that. They just give up. They just let go of any idea that there could ever be a solution found. Fourth one. Ty, come here. All right, so the fourth friend represents what I call the adapter. People who acknowledge the problem, refuse to run away from it, will not resign, and instead are committed to moving forward. This requires creativity. This requires thinking outside the box. This requires using your mind and your muscle. Okay? Using your mind and your muscle. Man, look at those guns on you, son. You're like your dad. Goodness. If the, de- if the denier says, hold up. If the reverser says, back up, back up, back up. If the resigner says, give up. The adapter says, move forward. Get up. Get going. Do something. We've got a problem We've got our friend who needs to see Jesus. Now, obstacles, by the way, are not optional. We don't get the choice whether or not we're going to have obstacles. You all may be going through obstacles and problems right now. What you do have is the opportunity to have a different attitude about them. Are you going to be a denier? Are you going to be a reverser? Are you going to be a resigner? Are you going to be an adapter? See, the thing is, their response is crucial for us. Let's look at what they did. Hang with me, guys, for just a second. Luke, I'm sorry. You've got the most painful, challenging position. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. Okay? They figured out a different way to get their friend to Jesus. They made an opening in the roof, 
Which, by the way, in, in plan of all plans, if I could think about what ways we might get our friend to Jesus, cutting a hole in the roof of a first century home would not be among the list. Okay? Adapter was thinking with his muscle, maybe not using his mind very much. But it was, in, in plain language, this plan was crazy. But they believed it just enough. And you know what? They didn't really just believe in the plan. They believed in the person of Jesus. I don't know how we're going to get him to Jesus. But if we can think of something. You, are you kidding me? The other three say. Go up on the roof. People will be staring at us. You go up on the roof and then we're going to cut a hole. Cut a hole? Are you crazy? We're going to get sued. Lower him down. We can barely pick him up. What are you talking about? The plan, if we're honest, is crazy. You see, the truth is, these four attitudes, these four types of people are rooted in one of two attitudes. The first three, the denier, the reverser, the resigner, are rooted in fear. They are rooted in fear. However it looks, the key problem here is fear. It takes no faith to deny, to reverse, or to resign to a problem. Anyone can do that. Do you understand? Let me just back right up since I'm near the reverser here. It takes no faith to deny a problem, to to reverse and, and long for the days when there wasn't a problem, to resign and give up. That takes no faith. You don't need to believe in God. You don't need to follow Jesus to have that attitude. Do you understand that, that, that this is really important here? That if we let our fear overcome our attitude and our actions, it can be not only spiritual, uh, deadly, but it can be spiritually debilitating. I want Aaron and Brennan and Luke to please have a seat. Thank you guys for helping. Because, see, those three attitudes, those three types of people are not who Christ's followers are called to be. I know it's tempting. Believe me, I know it's tempting. But we've got to stay above the line and live by faith. Galatians chapter 3 verse 11 says, the righteous shall live by faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, says that anyone who comes to God not only believes that he exists, but he rewards those that earnestly seek him. That means using your mind. That means using a little bit of muscle. And that means taking some action. Now, we get to choose to have a seat. Thank you, bud. We get to choose every single time we face an obstacle. How are you going to respond? What are you going to do? This this may not be paralysis of the body, but it may absolutely be paralysis of the soul. Do not let the obstacle overcome you. Do not let it cower you into fear. But rather, walk by faith. Take action 
Have, have the fourth friend attitude. You know what, guys? I don't know how we're going to get them to Jesus. Yes, we're going to have to do something unconventional here. You know what? That's okay. Because every single time in your life when you have one of these, you have an opportunity to grow in your faith. You ever had one of these? You ever have a moment when you go to the doctor's office and and they, they give you the pathology report? You ever have a moment when you come home to a spouse that's not there and you're facing one of these? You ever have a moment when the world comes crashing down and seems to be literally going to hell? You got one of these. And you got to decide what you're going to do with it. You're going to let this paralyze you in fear? Second Timothy chapter 1. Paul preaching to Timothy. Timothy grew up being taught faith, and now he's going to be a preacher. He's going to be a preacher in a hard time for preaching to churches. And Paul calls him back to his roots. He says, I want you to remember. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, the faith that first dwelled in your grandmother Lois, your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Now, what is that? It was, he was just given a gift there. Long before faith by phase was a thing, Lois and Eunice were doing faith by phase. And they were teaching young Timothy. And Paul says this, for, for this reason I'm, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. We got to stay above the line. When you face an obstacle, I hope you'll choose the attitude of the fourth friend. I hope you'll choose to say, you know what, I don't know how, but God can get us there. I don't know how this is going to work, but God can. God can lead us through it if he led us to it. Now look at Jesus' response. Go back to Mark chapter 2. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. I love about this story that faith permeates it. And it's such a short little story, but it's such a powerful little lesson. Faith is what impresses Jesus. Faith is what led to a blind man being able to see. Faith is what led a sick, bleeding woman being able to be healed when no one else could heal her. Faith is what led a leper to be able to cry out, clean, and this paralyzed man to walk again. But but I wanted to think about for just a second, okay? There's two levels of faith here. The paralyzed man, he had to have faith in his friends. And those four friends had to have faith in Jesus. And to do that, They couldn't deny the problem. 
To do that, they couldn't go in reverse. To do that, they couldn't resign to failure. And to do that, they had to use their mind and their muscle and faith in a mighty Jesus and do the unconventional. It's the cool thing about obstacles. Faith renders obstacles into opportunities. We've seen this a lot at Northside. Several months ago, we had to come up with a way of worshiping without being able to gather together. And that required some fourth friend thinking. I mean, we could have closed our eyes to the problem and just said, well, just shut it down. Cancel it. See you whenever the CDC says it's okay. We could have reversed. Could have said, you know what? No, 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 no. Let's go back to the way it was. No, 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 no. We got to keep it back the way it was. Could have resigned. Could say, you know what? I don't know how to do this. Apparently, we just going to have to wait it out. But we came up with a way where the Northside family could worship together. And it looked like a lot of different people in homes. I saw you all on your couches, in your living rooms, and, and, and outside on the deck, and, and, and worshiping together as together as we could be. But here's the cool thing. You know our internet impact, if you could chart it, went like this just took off. And we'd always been streaming, maybe have 30, 40 folks watching from a device, you know, somebody who couldn't get out. But this obstacle gave us a great opportunity. And as you all were home and you shared the stream on your Facebook, your social media, people in your sphere of influence saw that. We see people on there every week. We don't know how they found us. We don't know how they got to us. You know how? Six months ago, a group of shepherds said, you know what? We're not going to give up. We use our mind. We can use our muscle. Turn on the streaming. Turn up the bandwidth. Go full bore. That's fourth friend thinking. How are we, we going to get congregational singing when we're not congregating? As the Nelson families and several Northside singers, they came in here and David Earls used his talent with microphones and got them all where you could hear your part singing. And you could sing and worship and pray and hear the sermon and, and give. And you could do all of those things because of an obstacle. I wonder if we had had the opportunity and God said, listen, there's going to be this virus it's going to really mess things up. But I want to run it by you guys first. Ignoring you know, the death and the devastation all of that. Would we willingly have chose the obstacle? Probably not. But my, what did God do? What did God do when he brought us to it? He brought us through it. And he made us better than we were before. Ron and Ginger Mock couldn't get to church. And so a bunch of fourth friend thinkers say, you know what? 
How about we bring the church to Ron Mock? You know, Ron used to sit out there in the foyer and he would greet every member and he would seek out every guest and he would try to match people up and he was always really, really gifted about bringing people together. And this guy couldn't any longer do that. And a bunch of people say, you know what? Maybe we can go to him. And so they did. They gather outside at the mocks. By the way, if you're watching, you know, shout out. I think it was the first unofficial Northside satellite location. That's fourth friend thinking, guys. And this is in our DNA. This shouldn't surprise you. Uh, 30 plus years ago, a congregation of a few hundred people, 300 maybe, was given an obstacle about how are we going to reach people for Jesus who would never come to a church building. And a guy like Wayne Williams said, you know what? I got an idea. I saw something out in California. I think we can do it. I think we can do it. Is it going to cost money? Yeah, big money. Big money. How are we going to do it? We don't know anything about television production. I don't know. Fourth friend thinking. In July 1986, Northside stepped out in faith and has reached untold hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions, that would never come to a church but have more questions than you and I can dream of about this book. That was an obstacle, but God made an opportunity that would only have been reached if we had a little faith. Even back in the very beginning of Northside, back in the very beginning, 1939, I understand that this congregation, not this congregation, this was just an empty field in 1939. There was no highways to speak of. Wichita was a long ways that way. In fact, Wichita didn't have the big ditch, which as a consequence meant that Wichita flooded all the time, including the, the, the building, the 20th and Jackson. I can imagine people like Pete and Doris other people that long since passed and gone on to their reward, coming to that lot at 20th and Jackson, church basement just built, filled with water. And they could have denied the problem. They could have backed up. They could have said, you know what, Let's just, there's plenty of other congregations in town, let's just forget this. They could have just resigned. But God love them. They would not give up. You need to know as a Northside member that you are a part of a body that has not giving up in our DNA. Obstacles are not optional. But opportunities, opportunities, oh, those are very optional. Whether we make them or take them. When we walk by faith, we will see cool things happen. As shown by the end of The story. Let's go to verse 12. I'll start reading verse 10, but we'll end at verse 12. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed, went out before them, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We have never 
seen anything like this. Never. Well, I like to think about a guy who'd never walked or hadn't walked in a long time, getting up off his mat, picking it up, and being a living testimony. I really like to think about four guys standing in the middle of a room in a house with sun shining through the roof, smiling so big it looked like they ate bananas sideways, seeing the result of a little faith and a little muscle. I know we've gone long. We've had about four sermons this morning. Sorry, right. I, I just want... I just want you to hear this. When I read that story, it, it was a miracle of Jesus, no doubt. It was an amazing miracle of Jesus, no doubt. But it was four guys who had a choice when faced with an obstacle, what they were going to do. The story for them is a story for us. It's the same story for us. Obstacles aren't are going to, they're nothing new. I don't know what's, when this pandemic's going away. I don't know if we're ever going to find a vaccine. We may all get the virus at some point. There will be something else. There might be another pandemic. There might be another catastrophe. What matters is not the obstacle, but the attitude of opportunity and whether or not we'll take it. And I hope that we will. I hope that we will, looking to our cloud of witnesses, not forget what they did. And I hope that someday they'll look back on us and say, I'm sure glad they didn't give up either. This morning, if you are spiritually in a state of paralysis and need to know Jesus, the good news is we don't have to dig a hole in the roof to get you to him. We can make that happen this morning. If you're here present with us, there are going to be some shepherds at the back. You can go talk to them. They'll show you the steps from the scripture on how to become a Christian. And if you are watching online, just type in the comments that you'd like to become a Christian. You're ready to take up your mat and go home. Whatever your need is this morning, if you have one, go to the back and see our shepherds and they will help you at the proper time. Whatever your need might be, won't you... Let us know as together we stand inside.